Who is Travis Stoliker? What is the year of the opposite? First, thank you to all the new subscribers to my newsletter. I appreciate you. Because we have so many new subscribers, today's newsletter is going to be a bit different. I thought it would be appropriate to provide a bit of background on myself, explain what the year of the opposite is, and let you know what kind of writing you should expect to receive from this newsletter. Reminder. My name is Travis Stoliker, and I was one of the co-owners of Saddleback Barbecue and Slice by Saddleback. I just recently exited and handed off the restaurants to their founder, Matt Gillett. I'm now focused on writing this newsletter. Read this Business Insider article to learn more about the year of the opposite, linked in the substack. So who is Travis Stoliker? Well, I'm Travis Stoliker. My journey started at Holt Public Schools, continued through LCC, and culminated at Northwood University. Today, I call Hazlitt home, enjoying life on Lake Lansing with my wife, Lakin, who works at the Edward Lowe Foundation, and our lively five-year-old son, Lane. I believe deeply in the responsibility of community service. Currently, I serve as a trustee on the Hazlitt Board of Education and on the board of Ellie's Place. My past contributions include the East Lansing Zoning Board of Appeals, East Lansing Info, a citizen journalism nonprofit, and the board of the only angel investing organization in the area called the Capital Community Angels. My hobbies include running, pickleball, golf, water skiing, boating, and hockey. My skill in each of these endeavors range from decent to downright terrible. Reading and writing are two of my most treasured pastimes. My true passion, however, lies in the business world. Where my friends follow sporting teams, I follow business. Business is my sport, is a phrase that I'm guilty of saying far too often. Business started early for me. When I was about 12 years old, I ran a tiny hockey league and shared a paper route with my friend, Matt Hill. During high school and college, I learned a variety of skills by working at DNM Silkscreening, LNL ShopRite, Schneider Sheet Metal, and Big George's Home Appliance Mart. I graduated from LCC with an associate's degree in Applied Sciences Media Technology slash Audio Video Recording. I worked at WILX as a production assistant, where I helped broadcast the 5 p.m., 6 p.m., and 11 p.m. news. I worked in master control, and I ended up being elected as the UAW union steward for my department at WILX. I was told at the time that I was the youngest UAW union steward, but I can't confirm if this is true or not. We actually had to strike and successfully got our pay increase to $6.96 per hour. It was at that time that I knew I had to either move to a big city to make more money in this industry or try a different trade. I decided to try a different trade. Sales. As an aside, I still firmly believe that everyone should have at least one sales job. Sales is a skill that you can use your entire life. I sold refrigerators, dishwashers, and $70,000, 42-inch flat-screen TVs, I'm not kidding, at Big George's Home Appliance Mart. And then I learned to sell television advertisements at Millennium Digital Media. I won't go into the long details, but I got fired from both positions because one closed and the other got sold. This left me very disillusioned about working for companies. I ended up securing an amazing job at one of the best employers in town, TechSmith. They taught me about everything from marketing to software development. I went from salesman to product manager in a short while. 
TechSmith provided me a lot of great experiences and memories. My first airplane ride was a flight for TechSmith. The first book that I loved reading was The Tipping Point by Malcolm Gladwell, which was for TechSmith. The reason I got a bachelor's degree was because TechSmith tuition reimbursement. But the biggest thing that TechSmith taught me was the love for learning and growth. When I left the sales team and joined the Camtasia product team, Camtasia was the lowest sales product at TechSmith. In the short time that I worked on it with my mentor Troy Stein, Camtasia became the highest sales product in the company that year. Watching that growth was like a drug for me. I loved it. I learned at that moment what I was passionate about. I loved helping grow companies. While at TechSmith, I had an idea for a product called Project Streamer. TechSmith didn't want to develop it, so I reached out to my old friend Matt Hill, who founded LiquidWeb. As I recall, around this time, LiquidWeb had about 10 employees and maybe a million in revenue per year. But I could be off on those numbers because it was a long time ago. LiquidWeb ended up developing Project Streamer, and this started my professional relationship between me, Matt Hill, and Chris Strand. Around this time, I got it into my head that I should grow long hair and a long beard. My appearance got pretty out of control. Bill Hamilton, the founder of TechSmith, didn't like my new look, and he asked me to correct my appearance. In an act of youthful arrogance, I refused and nearly lost my job. To my good fortune, around the same time, Matt Hill was thinking about growing LiquidWeb and starting the first sales and marketing efforts at the company. Because of our successful partnership on Project Streamer, Matt asked if I would join LiquidWeb. LiquidWeb was quite a bit smaller than TechSmith at the time, and I was nervous about making the change to a smaller, less well-established company. After serious debate and negotiating my salary over Jaeger bomb shots at Harper's, I accepted the position and was excited about the opportunity to grow LiquidWeb with Matt and Chris. And I'm sure glad we did. The next about 10 years at LiquidWeb were incredible. We were growing revenue every year, building more data centers, and hiring new employees at an insanely fast rate. As I recall, but I could be wrong, I think we were an Inc. 5000 fastest growing company in America for the next eight years in a row, which I believe is a pretty rare accomplishment. We grew to 480 plus employees, three data centers in Lansing, a data center in Amsterdam, one in Arizona, and an office in Ann Arbor. We grew sales to about $80 million in annual recurring revenue, and we successfully sold the company to private equity for $224 million in 2015. It was an absolutely amazing run, and it was incredibly fun. Matt Hill, as the founder and main equity holder, received the vast majority of the money as he deserved. And I was fortunate because as a phantom equity holder, I received a significant amount of money from the sale. I consider myself very fortunate. In a future post, I will detail how phantom equity works and the advantages and disadvantages. Also in 2015, I was fortunate enough that Matt Gillett asked me to invest capital to help start Saddleback. Many of you already know that story, but some of the things that I'm most proud of are that we expanded to four profitable locations with presences in Spartan Stadium and the Breslin Center. We launched a line of barbecue sauces and rubs that grace the shelves of major retailers. Food Network named our rib sandwich one of the best sandwiches in America. 
Mental Floss Magazine honored us as the best barbecue in Michigan. We were recognized with awards like the Michigan 50 Companies to Watch, SBDC Small Business of the Year, and the Greater Lansing Business of the Year Award. But what I'm most proud of is that Saddleback remained profitable for all 8.5 years, and our community engagement was a cornerstone of our success. We donated thousands of meals to those in need, cleared student lunch debt at local school districts, assisted during natural disasters, offered a 401k to our employees, and we were among the first companies to offer pay transparency. I feel incredibly fortunate to have been a part of some of my favorite organizations in the Lansing area, from School Board to Ellie's Place, from WILX to TechSmith, from LiquidWeb to Saddleback. I feel incredibly blessed to have made a small contribution in a diverse set of industries. Life has its interesting moments, too. This year, to my surprise, the local Kiwanis Club awarded me their Citizen of the Year Award. And in 2016, I was humorously named the second best Uber driver in Lansing after completing just one ride. And in 1997, I survived a scary incident when an ice skate cut my throat during a hockey game. You can see the video in the substack. So this is the bullet point version of who I am, focusing mostly on my professional experience. It feels a bit boastful talking about all this, and I'm certain that I got some of the dates and details wrong, but I made my best effort to be as accurate as possible. I provide this background because I think it's important that you have a greater context about the perspective with which I view the world. Rest assured, this is not the traditional format for these posts. So that leads to the big question. What is the year of the opposite? The year of the opposite was a personal challenge that I set for myself in 2022 to change my life by doing the opposite of what I had done before. In February of 2022, one of my best friends died and two more would die over the next five months. It plunged me into a depression that I had never experienced before and one that I couldn't seem to escape. So in the spirit of the old quote, the definition of insanity is doing the same thing and expecting different results, I wanted to try to shake things up. I embarked on a journey of doing the opposite of what I had always done. It was inspired by the Seinfeld episode, The Opposite. If what I was doing wasn't working, doing the opposite should fix it. For example, instead of sleeping in, I'd wake up early and make the bed. I'd start working out. I gave up drinking alcohol. I started playing sports. I grew a mustache. Essentially, I would do the opposite of what I had done before, and my hope was that it would reverse my depression. And thankfully, it worked. But it did much more than just cure my depression. The year of the opposite led me to lose 62 pounds, run barefoot for 7 miles, undertake a 14-minute cold plunge in 42-degree water, swim about a mile across a lake, complete a half and full marathon, run a thousand miles in a year, learn to hold my breath for two minutes and 43 seconds, and conquer spicy foods by completing the Blazing Wing Challenge and Hot Ones Challenge. But most importantly, I cured my depression and I reversed several of my health conditions. After about six months of doing the opposite, my doctors cleared me to stop taking medication for high blood pressure, cholesterol, and triglycerides. This was a goal that I had never thought would be possible. My personal year of the opposite radically and profoundly changed my life in the positive direction. At the conclusion of the first year, 
in March of 2023, I had a decision to make. Should I keep doing the opposite or should I go back to my old ways? The answer was obvious. On every metric, my life was far better during the year of the opposite. I decided that I would keep the opposite going and I needed a new challenge. I decided to launch the Year of the Opposite newsletter and podcast that you are now reading and listening to in hopes that sharing my story might inspire others. I deeply thank you for following, subscribing, listening, or reading. It means the world to me. So what should you expect to receive in this newsletter? My writing tends to focus on technology, business, marketing, and interviews with people that I find fascinating. But the biggest thing that I try to focus on is positivity. I try to find good news and positive stories from around the world to share. My goal is to be a living example that it is possible to change your life if you wish to. If you have any suggestions for topics that I should cover, please just comment below or reply back to this email and let me know. I included a link to some of the most popular posts from this year on the Year of the Opposite. Thank you so much for listening to the Year of the Opposite podcast.